Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your hosts, mother and daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. These shows are brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation and are dedicated to Gloria and Heidi's son and brother, Scott, and to all those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Good morning. Uh, You're listening to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. We want to remind you that these shows are brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation, whose mission it is to help people find hope after loss. Well, good morning, Heidi. Good morning, Mom. So you are, tell our audience where you are. I want to remind them, and we've got a great guest today, and uh, she's in Washington, D.C. I'm in San Francisco at Outpost Studios with my engineer, Eleanor Tebow. And where are you, Heidi? I am in New York City, so I'm closer to our guest today, who's like my mom's in D.C., I'm in Manhattan, and the weather is really nice here. Um, yeah, so I'm at my office on 72nd. You know, uh, it's great to have uh, Robbie on, Robbie Miller-Kaplan, because she is writing for the Open to Hope Foundation, and she is, you know, I think she's written, she'll have to tell us when she's on, but I think she's written at least 10 books or whatever, maybe even more. So how do you want to introduce her? Sure, I'd love to. And if you'd like to read what she wrote, you can go to our site, our Open to Hope uh, Foundation site, and read an article she did on the difference between empathy and sympathy, and I love that title. Um, okay, so let me introduce her. Her name, like you said, Mom, is Robbie Miller-Kaplan, and we're going to talk with Robbie today about making a difference. Robbie Miller-Kaplan is a writer and trainer with an expertise in communications. She is the author of nine books, including How to Say It When You Don't Know What to Say, The Right Words for Difficult Times, Illness, and Death. In 1981, Robbie gave birth to two children a son, Aaron, in January, and a daughter, Amy, in December. Both babies died in infancy from the same heart defect. Her experiences with loss have given her a passion to want to make a difference in the lives of others who are grieving. Welcome to the show, Robbie. Thank you. It's great to have you on the show, Robbie. And I want to say um, this book has got so much great information in it. I know our audience is going to be very interested in getting your book. And at the first of it, you tell briefly your story, which is really heart-rendering, about having um, Aaron and uh, Amy die. And they died almost a year apart of uh, a weird um, heart problem, right, that you didn't even know. Yeah. Could you tell us, our audience, a little bit about that? 1981, it's been a while. Right, right. Um, I gave birth to Aaron in January of 1981, and he was born with a hypoplastic left heart syndrome, which is a very unusual heart defect, and he died when he was seven days old. There was nothing they could do to help him. And we were told by the um, head of cardiology at the Children's Hospital that it was very unusual. They didn't know any other family where it had happened to twice. It was wow. not genetic, and they encouraged us to get pregnant again, and we did. I had just 11 weeks between my pregnancies, and I became pregnant the second time. Wow. And 11 weeks later, that's amazing. Yes, and um, well, we were, my husband and I had already been married 10 years, right. and we really wanted a family, and they're just... Well, it's two. wonderful that it happened so quickly, too, because, you know, you wanted it, and it happened. And we went ahead and we, Amy was born on December 1st and we had a neonatologist in the delivery room with us. And she knew from the moment that Amy was born that something was wrong. And just four hours after giving birth, she left for Children's Hospital and I actually did too with my husband and my mother. And we found out that she 
had exactly the same heart defect as Erin, but her heart was a little bit more developed, and when she was one day old, they did her first open-heart surgery. And she had three surgeries in 11 weeks, and she did not recover from the third surgery. And she died when she was 11 weeks old. Wow. And we did have a, ha- you know, a happy new beginning. We went ahead and um, fairly quickly adopted my daughter, who is now 28 years old. And two years later, we adopted a second daughter. Ah, uh, well, that, so yeah. That, I did go on. I did go on. I was very, very focused. I had a wonderful marriage. I have a wonderful husband. And um, we were both very focused on having a family. And I used that goal to really propel me forward in helping me, um, helping me deal with the loss of both Aaron and Amy and having the life that I really wanted to have. And, and, you know, Robbie, we have some parallels because, as my mother knows, um, I had two miscarriages and I had, a, I had a, a son already, two miscarriages, and I really, really wanted to have another child and wanted to have this life that I had envisioned, and I ended up adopting in 2006. So um, we have some parallels, and sometimes your life doesn't work out the way you have planned, but it works out in different ways. That's very, very true, and um, and I think that's true for all different kinds of losses, um, that sometimes, you know, you have to use use the actual goals and the life that you truly want, and you have to work things out in a, the best way that you possibly can so that you live the fullest and the richest life that you can. Now, I think that's that's really important and, and something that our audience wants to hear out there. You know, um, I, I really am interested in some of the other books that you've written, too, and, and I um, mentioned that to you, because what if I'm out there right now and I've had this loss and I, I'm stuck, but I know I've got to do something. Uh, have you got any suggestions? Because I know you've written things about writing resumes and job search and all sorts of things. And and we're talking about making a difference. And, and I know that a lot of people say, I want a different life than I had before. And what would you suggest to them? I think that when you're at a crossroads like that, I think you really need to take the time to really think things through. I think that loss is very personal and very individual, whether it's the death of someone close to you, whether it's a job loss, whether um, it's any, any major loss in your life. I think you have to take the time to really think things through. Um, I often find that a journal is very helpful to really sit down and write your thoughts, write how you feel, Start thinking about your goals, thinking about what you really want to do in life. I know that that really helped me move forward in my life. And I changed careers at the time that I was dealing with these, you know, terrible, devastating losses. I found that I needed more meaning in my life. And I took the time to, to work through a lot of different exercises and try to figure out what really gave me pleasure. And just because I was really good at something, didn't mean I got pleasure from it. What was I good at that I really enjoyed that had some meaning for me? And it took me time to sort through some of the issues. And then when I had an idea of what had meaning, then I had to do some research and figured out how I could make that work for me. And that has evolved for me over the years. I mean, I started out 
um, trying to make a difference in helping people find jobs, helping people make career transitions to articulate what it is they wanted to do, what their strengths were. Um, and I wound up in an entirely different field trying to help people um, help others deal with loss, to help people be there for others, to do small, even small kindnesses that truly make a difference. And sometimes it's the very small things we do that are the ones that resonate, that when someone is so devastated, they can think of this small thing you did, and it gives them courage and and hope that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and they can work through this horrible loss, and they can move forward with their lives. So I think a lot of it has to do with truly taking the time to understand who we are, what we want, and, and where we want to go. And it doesn't happen overnight. And not to be impatient with yourself and to give yourself the time. What could be the very first step that I could do right now? If, you know, if I've been having trouble getting out of bed, but I feel like it's time, what could be the very first thing I might do? I think the thing you need to do is to get out of bed. And maybe the first thing you need to do is to put on some clothes and go out for a walk and to start looking at life a little bit differently, to use nature as a way to begin to ground yourself and find your way. That has always worked for me, whether I work outside in the garden and I'm not thinking of anything but what I'm doing or whether I get out and take a walk and I allow the stress to sort of melt away and I open up my brain to think. Um, to begin to get out there and be in the world again, to connect with others, to make a phone call and say, um, you told me to give you a call and, you know, we could do something together and can we go get some coffee and to start a conversation. So one, one small thing that we can do, start a conversation, get out of bed, put your shoes on, maybe go for a walk. Sounds like some great ideas to me. Well, we're going to go to break right now. And when we come back from break, we're going to be talking more with Robbie Miller Kaplan about making a difference. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. You're listening to the Open to Hope show. And please remember that all these shows can be downloaded on iTunes, and all of them are archived on the Open to Hope Com. Please stay tuned for more. Welcome back to the Open to Hope show. This is Dr. Heidi, and I'm here with my mom, Dr. Gloria, and our guest, Robbie Miller-Kaplan, and we are talking about making a difference. Robbie is the author of nine books. Welcome back, Robbie and Gloria. Thanks, Heidi. Well, Robbie, uh, Heidi and I were saying uh, with your book, How to Say It When You Don't Know What to Say, the the Right Words for Difficult Times, Illness, and Death. This book is not for our audience out there, is not a long book, but I will tell you, it has got so much fabulous information in it and uh, so many ideas about, well, Heidi and I were saying that um, really, if you've had a loss and you want to train people how to teach you, because we find that people need to know uh, what to say and what to do, 
it's in this book, What to Say and What to Do. It's fantastic. And also, um, if you, you know, want to be a better support to other people grieving, it's a great book to get. But I think it should be in every school or library, or I hope it's going all over the place, Robbie. I hope so, too. Well, some of the things, um, you know, some bad things that people say, what did people say to you when you lost your two kids? Is there anything particularly you remember that you found being harsh? Well, someone said to me it was a blessing in disguise, which I did understand on an intellectual level, but you don't tell that to someone who's just had a child die. Um, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of, I think more so that, that bad things that were said to me were the people who stayed away. I find found that the people who stayed away and the people I lost touch with were more painful than the things that were said to me. Mm, isn't so that for true? People, I'm thinking for people out there that have these people that have, are staying away and are not in touch with them, is there any advice, I mean, of ways that we can teach people how to be good grief support and what advice would you have for people out there? Well, I'd have advice for people who are dealing with individuals who are facing loss. And the most important thing you can do is to be present. Don't Mm -hmm. stay away because loss is so isolating. And if you stay away, you isolate the person even more. But if you're the person that is grieving the loss and people are staying away, it's very hard to reach out to them because as Mm -hmm. Gloria mentioned a moment ago, sometimes you can hardly get out of bed. So Mm -hmm. how are you going to pick up the phone and call someone and say, I really miss you. Why are you staying away? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And one of the things that uh, I think you need to be open to is new friends. There are some people who are great grief support and they will, people that you didn't even know will come forward and embrace them. Let them come. Well, that's very true. And I have a friend who says that the people who you thought would be there for you might not be there for you, but there are people that you never expected to be there for you. And they are there for you, and they become friends. So there is sort of like a silver lining in some of this. Now you talked about the fact that uh, you wanted to, you changed careers, and that uh, and that kind of life, uh, you kind of followed the path or whatever. Uh, what if I want to make a difference? What if I want to be, um, you know, this has happened to me. I want my life to be different. I want to impact other people. What would you suggest? What ways are there to do this? Well, I think you have to decide what it is that you want to do. And I think, as I said earlier, that you need to give yourself some time. But this does, these types of experiences do change you. And if you want to make a difference, you have to decide what you're comfortable doing. Maybe it's working through your religious institution to support other people. Maybe it's speaking at support groups to help those dealing with similar losses. Um, some people go on to create nonprofit organizations or establish scholarships or contribute to prevent a similar loss or help others facing that kind of loss. Do you, do you counsel people? I mean, you're so fantastic. And I, I know you have your website, wordsthatcomfort.com. You, you said that you're building a whole new website. I'm going to be able to blog you, right? Right. Um, Websitecomfort.com is my website, and that's where you can buy copies of how to say it when you don't know where, don't know what to say. And there's also a link on there for my blog. And in the next two months, the blog will be part of Wordsitecomfort.com. Mm-hmm. Now, do you do any counseling? You know, I notice you have all your job. Right. No, I don't do counseling, but I do do speaking when I'm invited. Okay. So how would I find out? Are you going to put that on your side if you're speaking somewhere? 
Um, if I'm speaking somewhere, yes, I will put it on my website. Oh, great. And I know you've got things on resumes. Are you doing any helping people at all with job searches, or do you talk about that? Or um, I'm not working with job search right now. I more or less transitioned over, and I'm really focusing on making a difference. Mm-hmm. And what do you find people say to you? What do they say about the book, and, and what are they finding in it? I think people are really empowered by the book. I think um, individuals find very concrete and sometimes really simple things they can do to make a difference in other people's lives. Um, there is a volume on illness and death, and there's also a volume on miscarriage, and there's a volume on suicide as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I notice a chapter at the end of your book, which I really like, which we seldom see, and Heidi and I often talk about it, is where you're talking about uh, uh, religious differences uh, or, you know, uh, cultural differences in, after a loss. Uh, say if you're Buddhist, what are some of the things that you suggest here, I notice? Well, I do detail all the different kinds of faiths, whether it's the Unitarian, Unitarian faith, the Jewish faith, um, you know, Catholic, um, Christian, or Presbyterian or Hindu, because they all are different, and sometimes you can really um, screw things up. Like in the Jewish faith, um, you do not send flowers. And in the Mm. Chinese faith, if you do send flowers, they have to be of a certain color. They cannot be red because it's a reminder of blood. Um, There are Mm. certain things that are really taboo in certain faiths, and there are certain things that are customs. So it's really helpful that if you're going to um, a funeral or a memorial service of another faith that you do read up and see what is appropriate so you don't make a faux pas. And you're talking about what to wear and, and what to do. And in the Japanese, and yeah, the Japanese, I noticed you say it's to attend the funeral, that's important, and to be prompt. I thought that was interesting. Don't be late. Yeah, and, and you talk about a condolence visit with the Japanese. I thought it was interesting. And a salt shaker is provided prior to entering the home. Sprinkle the salt on yourself outside the home to purify yourself before entering the house. That's really an interesting ritual. Well, I think most of most faiths do have different rituals, and some things are appropriate and some things are inappropriate. And I think, um, you know, someone had contacted me and she said, um, someone in my husband's office just died, and we just sent a huge flower arrangement. And then someone realized that they're Jewish, and you don't do that. And, you know, better to do something that is appropriate that's going to be appreciated than to do something that is inappropriate that's going to make somebody uncomfortable. Well, well Robbie Miller-Kaplan, thank you so much for being on the show and for the work that you're doing and for this great book that you've written, How to Say It When You Don't Know What to Say. And you can go to her site, wordsthatcomfort.com, and get some copies of the book. I say copies because this is a book that you can spread around and, and pass around to a lot of people, and they would appreciate it very much to get a copy of this book because they're just uh, a lot of wonderful nuggets for helping people where there's illness and death. And thank you, Robbie. Oh, I've enjoyed being a guest. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Open to Hope show with Dr. Gloria Horsley and Dr. Heidi Horsley. We want to remind you that you need not walk alone in your journey of loss. Please visit us at uh, theopentohope.com. And remember that you can download all these shows on iTunes. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley, Robbie, thank you so much for helping people find hope after loss. Oh, thank you again for having me. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. If you have found this show to be helpful, you may visit us at opentohope.com, where you can become a part of our caring community by signing up for Facebook, Twitter, and the Open to Hope Foundation newsletter. 
Thanks for listening and tune in again next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time.